0: And welcome to the Q York podcast, brought to you from our local church in the beautiful city of York in the UK. The message you're about to hear is from one of our services, which also feature great live music and relevant movie clips. These can all be found on our blog, so to make sure you're getting the full experience, feel free to head over to qyork.co.uk and select blog to find the relevant content. There's also a huge selection of talks and live music videos on our media page, as well as a donate button if you'd like to show your appreciation and enable us to keep producing free content like this. Finally, to stay up to date on new blogs and events at Q, you can sign up for emails by filling in your name and email address at the bottom of any page on the website. But right now, it's time for the message.
1: Good morning, Um, I hope you've all had a really um, lovely week in this sunshine and whatever you've been doing. So it's our sort of last one before we go into a bit of a summer programme. So we have some thoughts to share with you. I'm going to share a few thoughts and Beth's going to tell you about the summer and then Joel's going to share some thoughts later on this morning. But um, this week I have spent a considerable amount of my time dealing with discounts. Um, I work for a business where we have an annual membership subscription. So this is our renewal season where we have um, about 2,500 schools who we support and each year we hope they come back and let us support them the following year. And so we sort of have to get them all, say to them, are you joining us again next year? And there's various discounts available for various things. I have spent a lot of my week talking to people and processing and thinking about um, discounts. And that is such a positive thing when it's financial and you're the customer. But I've also been thinking about that word discount when it comes to um, feeling discounted. If you feel discounted in life, it's when you can feel like you've not been heard or you've not been seen or you've not been acknowledged or you're counted out of something. And it's so strange to me that when it comes to money, we're like, yay, we love a good discount. But if you ever feel discounted in a situation, we really don't love that. We often don't like that at all. And I think that that um, video was interesting because I don't like it i 've almost played you to show you that i don 't like that i don 't like that what i 've got left is what I've got left after you take away all the things you have to do all the things that might be very necessary for your life and then that's what I've got left I want it all to count I want the moments I'm sleeping to be like that was a great use of my time I want the moments I'm working to be that's a great use of my time I want it all to count in my life and not work out well, when I take away the things I don't like and when I take away the things I have to do and when I take away the things I'd rather not have and when I take away the things that make me feel stuck then what I've got left I'll wear up and see whether or not that's okay. No, I want it all in. I want everything that's going on in my life to be all in and counting for something in my life. And so I want that video to inspire you, but not in the way it says, but to say, no, don't take out any jelly beans. Let's have them all in there and see what we can come up with. Um, Now, sometimes I wonder whether we add up the value of our lives and discount too much. And these are some of the things. I've just mentioned them, but we can deduct the things we find tricky. We can deduct the people we find tricky, the things we don't like and the things we can't have. And then we look at what's left. But I want to propose this morning that instead of adding and subtracting from our lives, we remember another great principle that I think is worth remembering um, in particular this morning, which is the principle of multiplication. Multiplication is always better than addition and subscription. Subscription? Subs- <laughs> subtraction? Because when you multiply, the. the, the the pace at which you can accelerate and the thing can move is better than when you add. Now, um, in the Bible, Jesus is asked, how many times should we forgive our brother? Seventy? Seven times? And he said, no, 70 times seven. That's a lot of times. And littered throughout that story and throughout many references that we have in that text that's full of wisdom for our lives is the principle of multiplication. It's everywhere. Because actually in your life, there's not just the possibility of adding things and subtracting things. There's actually the possibility of multiplication for your life. We know that from our reproductive systems. We get to multiply as people. And yet when it comes to our emotions or our spirituality or our psyche, psychology we sort of deal so much in something other than well how am I going to reproduce this how am I going to scale this up how am I going to multiply my mind and my spirit and what I'm thinking and the way I move in other areas of my life do you know that in a pomegranate I don't eat pomegranates but there are 600 to 1,000 seeds in one single pomegranate and so if you think about that as a principle, inside one thing is the potential for many, many, many things. And I want us to go into this morning with you just holding in your mind for a second that your life is capable of great multiplication it's not about the things that you have to discount it's the things that you can count on and scale up and I think we're going to hear some stuff this morning that will be really encouraging in that um, vein and the next song we're going to sing is wonderful life and not all of life feels wonderful but if we flip that word and say that all of life is full of wonder If you will ask the right questions about your life, it won't matter that some things aren't wonderful because actually if you find where you can be full of wonder, you're going to experience something great and you are going to experience some multiplication. Thank you. Um, We've played that video before, um, and again, it was one Francine sent in, and I just love it, I love it, because when he said um, it takes a follower to turn a lone nut into a leader, I really love that, because many, many of us have been following um, here for years, and how we now multiply the legacy that was left for us is actually going to be in how we we follow what happens next, because the truth is that people don't, it doesn't become a movement because someone follows the leader, it becomes a movement because someone follows the followers, and I found that really um, inspiring, because if we're going to talk about multiplying and having that legacy of Q continue, we're the followers, we were the followers who turned people who could have been considered, and could have been considered a lone nut, but we followed him, and then we all got some, where together and so I love that that thought and so please um please just continue over the summer as you think about Q and you think about what's next in your life and, and what's next for you as part of this community be thinking about where you can follow and how you can model that for others and inspire others because I do believe we can create a, a movement of something in people's lives that will lead to great multiplication because sometimes when we can't move, that's our greatest challenge and so we can feel very, very stuck and there was one thing I remembered this week that I thought it was really important to share and that's about the um, sculptor Michael D'Angelo. I can't speak this morning. What's his name? I wanted to call him Michael D'Angelo. Is that like... A, a, was that the turtle from that program? Mike, <laughs> you can tell we need a break. This, You can tell. Um, Michael Angelo um, was a sculptor. And long story short, you know, he... he talked about how he had a block of marble and out of this block of marble he created the most incredible sculptures and this is what he said he said every block of stone has a statue inside it and it is the task of the sculptor to discover it I saw the angel in the marble and carved until I set it free and sometimes in life, we forget that we've already got so much within us that can feel like a block of marble that you're like, there's nothing in this. What are we going to do? But actually, that just sometimes we forget that just because things aren't going to plan or working out or because there's things that we can't see yet, if we keep chipping away at those things, actually, we can create something absolutely magnificent. And so if there are blocks of marble right now in your life, um, there are things to discover inside, however faintly as you keep chipping away. And he talks about freeing. um, I think it was David he freed from the stone. He talked about there was the stone and he pictured David and then he freed him. So in your life over the summer, as you go into it and we keep getting together, etc. if there are things in your life that you see that seem at a distance, keep chipping away at them because we will all together help keep making us all finally free, finally free to have the all experience of life, not the selected things, not the things that we can accommodate, but have an experience of life to the full. And um, so Danny's now going to sing, finally
2: free. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for being here. Okay, so I just to wrap this up today, um, I'd like to continue a little bit from what Jenny had spoke about last week with regards to dissonance and home, and, but more, more so particularly um, the last section of the talk. <laughs> and she said to me on the phone, she went, is that because I cried? She says. I was like, no, Jenny, it's not just because you cried. <laughs> it's because what you were saying was absolutely fantastic. Um, I don't know whether that moved you, but I thought it was really important actually where she took us to last week. And I think it was actually very, very important. Um, it's very healthy to have an honest and rational assessment of where you are in your life. Humility can often be seen as a weakness, when in reality, it's quite the opposite. Now, many will agree that the last few months has been quite different. For some of you, it may have even been quite difficult. Although one should naturally expect this anyway, as with any change comes a whole heap of emotions, whether positive or negative. Having the honor and privilege to be led for so many years by such skilled and passionate individuals was truly an honor and sometimes you don't realize what you had until it's no longer there. Now this being said, just like a relay race, the baton has now been passed on. I find the concept of leadership in general to be quite paradoxical. To have strong, intelligent leaders can be life-changing and massively beneficial in that often being the innovators of the pack, they challenge and present ideas that lay strong foundations for those that follow. On the other side, it can make those that follow lazy and apathetic as they become so comfortable being led, so to speak, they fail to become a creator and a contributor in their own right. Now, it's interesting because as I was thinking about the whole concept of leadership this week, I was thinking of the clip that Ant played on his retirement service where he showed the Forrest Gump thing of how... They were willing to follow him and they liked the fact that someone was strong and had the vision to run. But the moment he decided, actually, I'm a bit tired now. I'd like to kind of move on. They almost were completely lost. And yet in a relay race, that's not how it works. It's like, okay, you've set the journey now. It's now time for you to take over. Now, interesting on the flip side... Leaders can, this is, and this really came to me this week, leaders can spend their lives desperately trying to lift others up that they in their own right can limit their own expansion and process. And I find that quite interesting because sometimes leaders in themselves are so busy carrying and instructing and informing that they themselves can get to a point where they think actually I need time now for me to go and explore and learn and grow which is already part of the cycle. Now, I believe that we can continue to be a significant and essential voice in the community if, and only if, we find and or maintain our self-esteem. Now, I personally believe we are currently witnessing a kind of cultural collapse. And the main reason for this, I believe, is due to the deterioration of self-esteem. I don't have the time to go into details now, but if any of you are interested in my thoughts on maybe how we got to this point, it's something I'm really interested in. I love all that stuff. So if you want to talk to me about my views on kind of why we are where we are, not in the context of just the church, but I would be really happy to to have those conversations. Also hear about your thoughts as well, because I find it very interesting. I also believe the cause of where we are in life in general to be more of a philosophical one rather than political I would say with absolute confidence that the reason we don't and can't fix the current cultural and social issues is because we believe politics has the answers. In fact, it doesn't. And never forget the time. Do any of you have pivotal moments in your life where you remember specifically sentences that were said or things, conversations that you had with people that you're like, I will remember that almost to my dying day of what it meant to me. Now it's very interesting because I remember Years back now, it was during a very, very difficult time in my life and also within the context of the journey of the church and Chris and Anthony, all of that. And I remember I went around to visit her at her house and she'd got out of the shower and, you know, she always said that she heard God the most in the shower, right? And um, she'd said to me, she said, now again, whether you believe it was a, the voice of God or whether it was her own inner being or whatever, I'm not. I'm not even bothered about that. Um, it, she just heard something very clearly And she said to me, she went, you know, I've just, God's just spoke to me and the word he said was politics. And she said, I'm not sure what it means yet, but that word sprung out to me. And interestingly enough, as things unfolded, we, we start to come to grips with what it truly meant. Now, um, I don't believe the structure of politics, and I'll explain because it exists within the church of well. In itself, I personally believe it creates and perpetuates the problem in the first place. Philosophy, however, literally means this, the love of wisdom and the desire to objectively understand fundamental truths about ourselves and our relationship to the world around us. You could say it is the tool that we use to unlock our full potential. I keep coming back to this, but I believe it is such an important element to be understood. The basic premise of the church, particularly evangelical Christianity, was the doctrine that you are inherently flawed and a savior is required to fix you. Without this savior, you are unworthy in and of your own right and cannot inherit the kingdom of heaven. You were to feel bad about feeling good and good about feeling bad. Uh, There was one talk that Anthony that I'll remember, it was Fifty Shades of Grey, and he talked about the whole part of we were encouraged that to somehow feel good about yourself was pride, and that was incorrect, but to feel bad was somehow, well, you're now bad, and the saviour can come and help you, and it's always good, it's more humble, things like that. Strange way of being, really. You only need to look at the world around you and realise the same message is driving our culture whether it be the climate, viruses, the list goes on and on and on. The underlying message is one that we are a problem to be fixed and the solution is found by doing as you are told. Even worse, if you don't do as you are told or think what you are supposed to think, you are classified as a heretic who is ultimately ostracized. To carry this burden is debilitating and does not create a wholesome and healthy society. Now, let me ask you a question. How is one supposed to have self-esteem when the underlying message is one that states we are inherently bad? Ask yourself that question. How are you supposed to feel good about yourself when the fundamental belief and message is that there is a problem to be fixed? You can't, can you? It is debilitating. Even worse, that to love yourself and have appreciation and respect for one's skills and talents are also a problem. So what do we mean by self-esteem? I don't know whether you can put that slide up for me. Phil, it would be really helpful. So we found this this week. Um, Everybody is a genius, but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will live its whole life believing that it is stupid. Now, let me elaborate a little bit on what I've come to the conclusion of what I believe self-esteem to be over this last week. I view self-esteem as an honest and rational perception and evaluation of yourself. Honest, right? Now, the ego is somewhat different in that it is based on presenting an idealized self rather than the real. The ego also requires and demands things from others in order to validate yourself. Now, self-esteem is both confidence in your ability and also humility to address the things that we cannot do. Get that, that's really, really important. Let me put it this way. We should feel good enough about ourselves to get out of bed and contribute to the world whilst identifying the things we can make better. Both of these make you a rounded, healthy individual. Self-esteem is the disposition to view oneself as competent and capable to cope and deal with the challenges of life and as worthy of happiness and joy. To hold yourself in regard and ultimately esteem oneself is to nurture your existence and to recognize that this existence in and of itself is a gift. Now, one of the things I love about Jesus' teaching is he promoted self-worth and self-esteem. Isn't it interesting that this was the greatest threat to the religious and political establishment of the day? That the promotion of self-esteem and to feel good about oneself threatened the establishment. And there are reasons for that, which I can't go into today. When being faced with those who were sick, he regularly told them, not only have I healed you, but I have forgiven your sins, so get up and go. Now, Jesus understood that dis-ease, remember, we learned about that, not disease, but dis-ease, causing the problem was the underlying belief of unworthiness and separation. Interesting that I did a talk a while back about sin being the illusion that basically we think we're separated from the divine. And ultimately, that's what creates a whole heap of issues for us. He basically told you to get up, stand up tall with your shoulders back and face the world like you are a valuable and significant human being. Now, the famous philosopher, Ayn Rand, stated that self-esteem is not simply desirable but an essential value in human life. It is no less important, no less necessary than food or physical health. She promoted that man must hold three things as supreme values, reason, purpose and self-esteem reason being his tool for knowledge and understanding, purpose being the tool used to achieve things, and self-esteem being the certainty that I, as individual, are worthy of this life. Now, true self-esteem celebrates one's achievements, but also it doesn't run from failure. In fact, the negative is given you the opportunity to get it together and find your place in this world. Instead of burying our heads in the sand, we face it head on. This in and of itself is something to be proud of. Even in the context of Q, we can very easily criticise ourselves so much that we cannot grow. Instead of persevering through the challenges, we convince ourselves or let others convince us not to bother. Nothing can ever reach its full potential whilst ever we live with this perspective. So why am I saying all this, and how does it apply to our journey as both individuals and that make-up Q? If you want to know more about the individual, we talked a little bit about benevolent individualism a few weeks back, so you can go and listen to that. Here at Q, we have said we are an icebreaker. An icebreaker esteems itself as being able to break ice. Just like the fish, if it were to base itself on the ability to be a cruise liner, then it would live its whole life believing it was stupid. An icebreaker recognize it is built and made for what it does well. It simply isn't a cruise liner. It could try, add a pool and serve champagne, but all of its attempts would eventually be futile as it would still be an icebreaker and the people looking for a cruise liner wouldn't be so keen on the destinations it visits anyway. There you go. <laughs> Interestingly, An icebreaker, get this, has three supreme values too. A strengthened hull, an icebreaking shape, and the power to push through sea ice. Now, I think this beautifully links to what I mentioned earlier about Ayn Rand's three essential values. An icebreaker's reason to exist is to break ice. Its purpose is to clear the ice to make way for others and it esteems itself as having certainty, it has the power and ability to achieve its goals. I believe Q has ticked all these boxes. Over the last few decades, we and you have impacted the lives of tens and tens of thousands of people, whether whether it's directly or indirectly, by our willingness to walk the road that has been marked out for us, It has been tempting to desire the cruise ship way of life, but to do so would contradict our very reason for existing. So in conclusion, let me quote the famous words of Paul. This is in Hebrews. Do you see what this means? All these pioneers to blaze the way before us, all these veterans cheering us on. It means we'd better get on with it, strip down, start running and never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. And when I say sins, I'm in the illusion of separation, ego. Let's have a rational assessment of what we are. Let's be winning. I love the the thing that, um, I don't know whether it's Brennan Manning. Is it... Um, To get up and to fall are both the mercy of God. Is it that one? I love that. That the idea is, is that to achieve or to fall, both are the mercy of God. I think it's fantastic. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. Now, be careful with that. Don't think of it as the whole issue of Jesus coming to earth to atone for sins. You know, the whole penal substitution atonement theory. That's where we get messed up. We're talking about a man with divine consciousness who came to set the example of what we were missing and what we'd not understood. Study how he did it, because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God, he could put up with anything along the way, cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honour, esteemed right alongside God. When you find yourself flagging in your faith, go over this story again, item by item, that long litany of hostility he plowed through, this will shoot adrenaline into your souls. So I hope that that's given you an encouragement, though it's time that we start esteeming ourselves as both individuals, as, an, as, as a corporate, that actually what we have become is fantastic and, it, and it's worthy of celebrating. And we've done a fantastic job. Now, yes, does that mean that we can't acknowledge the things that we can't do? If anything, more so we should be doing that because you can never really become a place of authentic individuals whilst ever we believe we have to present something that we're not. We simply have to esteem ourselves, like we said, have the purpose behind it, esteem ourselves, and we'll ultimately get to where we need to go. So I hope that's given you some good thoughts to wrestle with and have a fantastic summer. We hope to see you around for the various things that we're offering and I'd like to invite the team back now just to finish with one more song.
0: Thanks for listening to another Q York podcast. Now, if you've enjoyed what you've heard today, then we would love to hear from you. Feel free to drop us an email to info at qyork.co.uk and let us know who you are and where you're listening from. Don't forget there are blogs and all sorts of media to be enjoyed at qyork.co.uk, which you're welcome to browse at your leisure. Until next time, enjoy the quest.